Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 472 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is another in the After Dark series. The After Dark series deals with topics that people don't often speak about out loud. Topics such as bulimia and type 1 diabetes, heroin addiction, PTSD, sexual assault, bipolar disorder, divorce, intimacy from both male and female perspectives, in all a lot of things that you just don't talk about that frequently in mixed company, but we talk about it here on the podcast. I'm always looking for more people to add to the After Dark series, so if you've had an experience that you think fits or you'd like to talk about something that's normally a little taboo, send me an email. Even though in episode 384, we did bipolar disorder and type 1 diabetes, that episode was with a guest who was much younger and had different perspectives. Today's guest is a little more mature, has been dealing with type 1 and bipolar for longer, and to be honest, their story is completely different than the first one we heard. I hope you enjoy it. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. You are going to hear short gaps of silence in today's episode. That's where the guest's name was spoken, and we later took it out. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration is here to help you. The SAMHSA's National Helpline is free, confidential, open 24-7, 365. Their phone number is 1-800-662-4357, or you can find them at samhsa.gov. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Find out more and get started at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Want to find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial? of the Omnipod Dash tubeless insulin pump, omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And of course, whenever you want to see good things being done for people with type 1 diabetes, all you have to do is go to touchedbytype1.org or find them on Instagram and Facebook. My name is and I've been diabetic since December 12th, 1994. So this December will be 27 years, and I was diagnosed with bipolar um, September of 2003. Okay. And I don't work right now. I don't know what else to say. I, it's so hard for people to describe themselves. It's fascinating. Um, it's my favorite part of the show. I'm, I'm, I'm going to a clean piece of paper here on my thing. How old were you when the bipolar came? 23. 23. And you probably thought, well, things can't possibly get worse. And then next year you got diabetes? No, I was diagnosed with diabetes in 1994. Oh, how much? How, so how, how old were you when the diabetes came? I was a month after turning 14. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. 14. Okay. Let's just do that joke backwards. So you got diabetes. You probably thought this can't get any worse. And then, right. yeah, nine years later, I got it. Okay, we're good. Uh, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> 
Uh, wow. So I guess let's talk first about your recollection of diabetes through your teens and high school, et cetera. Well, I was just listening to your interview with Galen Mm -hmm. and we sound very similar. I actually didn't have to go to the hospital when I was first diagnosed. They told me I was type two. And then pretty soon after that, I went to a place in Denver called the Barbara Davis center. And it was like an intensive type one diabetes camp. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know. I remember going to the grocery store and like bawling because my mom was like, oh, you can't have this anymore. You can't have this anymore. You have to have sugar free. And it was really emotional. Yeah. So you, so your your mom took you to the grocery store to show you all the things you couldn't eat? Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> How nice. Of her. That's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone remember Cocoa Puffs? Doesn't it? <laughs> Do you think it was aversion therapy? Do you think she was like, she wasn't smacking you as you were looking at things? No. no nothing like that. <laughs> No, I think she was trying to be honest, but yeah, no, it, I understand. it hit me hard. No, I, I can't imagine it wouldn't at 14. Like, it, it is interesting. I have to say, from a parenting perspective, um, you try to be very honest with your kids. And honesty comes, I mean, at least for me, it comes in like sort of a dry adult way. Like, hey, you're going to get a test today. They're going to draw blood. This is going to happen. Like, you're trying to lay it all out. Mm-hmm. It is incredible almost impossible as an adult to put yourself in a child's shoes when they're hearing it. Like you, yeah. you're kind about it and you want to be gentle, but you also want to be factual. And at the same time, I don't know if there's actually a way to impart some pieces of information that are stark and, and in, in like firm contrast to how you've been living your life prior without it being upsetting. You, you know, I mean, can you, you know what I mean? Like, what what would the way have been exactly? And how long ago was that? You're 14. Would you say 20? How long ago was this? 27 years? Yeah. Yeah. This December will be 27. So, I mean, what could anybody have possibly taught your mom about type 1 diabetes 27 years ago? That's probably what they, <laughs> that's probably what they taught her, right? Don't give her yeah. sugar. Yeah. We went to the Barbara Davis Center and the nurse, bless her heart, was... um having my parents give her a shot. The poor lady had this arm and she probably had gotten how many shots from people learning. So instead of putting in an orange, she had us, uh, my parents do it in her arm. And uh, that was an interesting experience <laughs> having to deal with um, shots. But then they first put me on regular right? and NPH. And I had to wait 30 minutes before I could eat and, my mom would freak out if we go to a restaurant and the food took a little longer. She's like, she needs to eat something right now. And she would freak out. All right. Hold on a second. We're getting to this. So you met a sadistic CDE in Colorado who was getting strangers to help her with her love of being stuck with needles. It sounds like it's such an odd yeah. thing. Like, why not a banana or an orange or something? Like, why my arm? Do you think... Oh, all right. We can't dig into that. But if that woman's listening, you're on the show. Um, I want you. Uh, and is your mom, is your mom alive? Yes. Okay. Are we going to, is she, is your mom reactionary in general? Or did this really get a hold of her, do you think? I think it really got a hold of her. Yeah. I can imagine. Was she, was she married then? Yes, she still is. So was your dad like... Like, I mean, was it like classic dad 
30 years ago? Was he like, I'm just going to go make money while you girls take care of all this? Was it that vibe? Or yes. Was he, it was. Yes, yeah. you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to work. You guys, good luck. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. As my dad was like, we see, you see people arguing and he just, he just like, boom, right out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, my job title doesn't include listening to everybody yell at each other for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, that sucks. Is there any... Do you guys ever talk about it now in present day? Um, she's still old school and um, thinks that I can't have anything with sugar in it. And when I do, she really kind of glares at me, oh. um, which <laughs> which is kind of hard because um, trying to explain to her, I can I can have it. I just watch myself. I, I test afterwards and stuff like that. But she thinks that I should live in a eliminate it completely. So I'm under a lot of stress when she's here, not only with a bipolar, but with the diabetes too. Yeah. Oh, so she's just, she got indoctrinated at a certain time and you probably only, I mean, how long did you live with her after you had diabetes? Well, I was in eighth grade. So three years, um, five years. And then that's it. So her, her understanding of diabetes is 27 years old and that's it. And she's stuck on that. Yes. Yeah, that seems fun for you. And when you, <laughs> when you when you explain it to her, she doesn't care to hear it. Have you stopped trying to explain it to her? I really want her to listen to 371, um, your episode that explains it. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a, a less of a blow. Like it's nicer than me saying, oh, I can't eat it and like starting an argument. I have to tell you, the older I get, the more I believe that People who you are close to need to hear things from somebody besides you. (laughs) Exactly. It really is difficult for people to accept new or challenging information from someone that's too close to them. It, Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's just, you just need to hear it from somebody who you don't have other entanglements with, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like who doesn't look at you like you're a little kid or, or even, I mean, I know a a couple of people who are bipolar and Mm -hmm. as supportive as I see their family be like to their face, like behind their back, I always, it's, it's judged as a, you know, it's a mental disorder that is judged by other people. Like it just really is. It's, do you find that? I mean, I'm sure you have like some people in your life who are just like you're and that's that, but are there other people who don't see it that way? You mean like do you think you're judged do you think you're judged harshly by others for the bipolar like you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I, I try and keep it hidden. But then sometimes my um I act impulsively or I go out and spend a lot of money or do something that kind of I'm embarrassed with myself. And that's when I'll be like, Well, I am bipolar and this is what's going on and talk about my mania mm-hmm. and just say this is one of the symptoms. My my brain isn't working correctly. I'm sorry. I said something um, mean. I I didn't mean it harshly. I don't know my tone. Yeah. So you can't, I get you. So you can't have it in a moment when it takes over. You can't not explain it to somebody. Uh, yeah. Do you, f- sometimes it takes me a little bit to apologize because yeah. I don't realize they did it. So yeah, let's, um, do you mind digging into that? Like what's their, um, what's the, the general flow of how this goes, like, does it go in blocks? Like, are you like, 
like manic sometimes and how long does that last and then like what's the transition and is it just in a circle does it just happen over and over again how does it work um when i was first diagnosed um i was on my honeymoon and it's hard to describe my husband can explain it better than me but he has told me that i would hide myself in the place that we slept and i would lock the door and he would freak out and then i wouldn't sleep and i'd walk around the boat um, and when we came back because we were on a cruise boat, we came back into the, to the emergency room mm-hmm. and they didn't know what was going on. So, um, I think my diabetes is kind of put on the black burner because of me dealing with a bipolar and I've been in the hospital twice and both times they needed to change my medicine drastically, um, in order to see an inpatient to see how it's going to affect me before they let me go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know that we try and stay under the best control and my husband has like this radar and he's like, okay, we got to nip this in the butt before you have to go to the hospital again. So there are things he sees behaviorally that indicate medication needs to be fine tuned. Exactly. Okay. So can you stay in front of it? That way, I mean, I realize you're waiting for a symptom to change the medication. So you're not really in front of it, but that's the goal. You're just, it's sort of like changing basal rates for a, for a woman who's of menstrual age. Like you just like, you're like, Oh, something's happening. More basal here. Like, and then you go through the cycle and you're like, take it away. But you do you ever take it away or does it always just increasing? No. Um, fall is usually my hardest time of the year. That's when I was first diagnosed. And just because everything happens within the span of four months, Mm -hmm. Um, so we have taken it away over the summer. Oh, so not, not completely gone, but no, not completely. We've lessened it. Right. Wow. And he's helping you. I'll tell you what, first of all, good guy. I might've jumped off the cruise ship and swam home. Be honest. I've been like, I don't know. I haven't known her that long. I gotta go (laughs) 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 on a cruise ship. Yeah. Oh my God. That sucks. Yeah. I don't even know another way to say that. It's so terrible. <laughs> you were on your honeymoon on a cruise ship when someone realized you had bipolar disorder. And and may I ask what happened that made someone realize? Was it just the locking in the room thing? Was that it? Oh, no. Because <laughs> no, there's a story there somewhere. Another, yeah, go ahead. There's another. What? <laughs> there's got to be a story. Like you were in Puerto Vallarta at a stop and so what happened? You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Well, my mind wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. Like my mind was racing so much. I remember like waiting in line for one of the buffets and getting pizza or I don't even remember what food was there, but I, my mind was racing so much that I felt like everybody else was moving really, really slowly. And so I flipped out and we had landed or we had docked someplace and my husband was snorkeling or something like that and i freaked out not knowing where he was so i had to run in the water so we knew something was going on Mm -hmm. but it took a while to get the diagnosis do you um there's there's a little bit if you do some googling right bipolar Mm -hmm. and immune autoimmune are a little connected aren't they do you do you ever have you ever read some of the articles that say that no i've always felt like i'm the only one Mm. One of the more recent discoveries, 
uh, in the study of bipolar disorders that autoimmune disease may play a role in its con in the condition's development. Studies have found that having an autoimmune disease or suffering a severe infection increase the risk of also having bipolar disorder. I mean, I, wow. you got to be like the third person who's on the show who's like, hey, I have type 1 diabetes and bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that I remember, you know, when you meet somebody, you don't really know about their extended family. Like my wife has extended family that I've never met, like real extended. And I mm -hmm. feel like there's a bipolar person back in her line too, somewhere. Just super interesting. Like I, um, I mean, I don't know, obviously <laughs> I'm anyone who listens to the show realizes I have no medical training, but, um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I makes you wonder, I mean, it just, it's weird. For certain, I don't know that you're the only one. Have you never heard Jonathan on here? No, I'm actually new to listening to the podcast. Okay. Oh wait, he was the child, right? No, the eleven year old. No, 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 no. There's another. Okay. There's another person. You. I'll show you later. But there's a there's a um, an after dark about bipolar. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, how does it how does it intersect with the diabetes? Because you said it one's got a back burner, and I understand what you mean. You know there's only so many hours in the day to apply to trying to figure out your medical things, call doctors, get appointments, do stuff like that, make changes to medication. Does, does your diabetes take a big hit? Like where does your A1C sit? Um, the last time that I was supposed to go in to get my A1C tested, cause I go every three months, mm -hmm. it was right around seven. Oh. But when I was pregnant, it was in the sixes. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, that's not too bad. But you're saying that sometimes you just you can't think about it because like what what keeps you from thinking about it, I guess is my question. I guess I'm so fo focused on trying to be normal and having both of these conditions makes me not be normal in my mind. Mm -hmm. So it, I guess I try and pretend like I'm not diabetic and I try and watch what I say and watch what I do and um, to not make it obvious that I'm bipolar. So you don't want to be in a situation where somebody just re really sees either of those things about you. No. Right. And usually I talk about being bipolar or diabetic over being bipolar because sometimes my blood sugar will drop or sometimes that I, I can't drive because um, the Starbursts haven't kicked in. And um, so that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm diabetic. I have but diabetes. Then, I can't drive right now. Yes. Are, are there any people in your life who know that you have one but not the other thing? Um, you mean like family members or just people? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure what I mean. Like, I'm wondering if you've like had to tell somebody about the diabetes, but the other things never come up. So that just stays away. I, by the way, everyone has medical issues. No one runs around telling everybody about them. It's, it's the stuff that's forward facing that might impact somebody else. Like you're saying, so you feel like you have to say, you know, my outburst or I'm sorry, I'm dizzy or that kind of thing. It, that's just, I guess, common sense, honestly, but nobody like I have, you know, I, I struggle with like low iron. It's not anything like this, but I don't meet you and go, Hey, how are you? Sometimes my iron is low. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. It's not the second thing that comes out of my mouth when I meet somebody. And I really understand the idea of wanting to keep it private. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when, hmm, but, but how much of a struggle is that for you? Like, is that a portion of your day? Like trying not to tell people you have these things? 
Oh, yeah. Trying to hide it. Yeah. The best that I can. So the hiding's a job. Mm-hmm. I really don't feel like I like to explain it, too. Like, I almost want to say, okay, I'm bipolar. This is what happens. Bye. Hmm. Have you ever seen um, that that card that Steve Martin carries? It's a business card, and it said you've had a brush with greatness. And when people ask him for a signature <laughs> or something like that, he just hands it to them. Uh, maybe you need that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> maybe you need to, like, you know, bump into somebody, yell at them for no reason, just pull a card out of your pocket and go, boom, here you go, and wander away from them. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if um, – so my question is, when you do end up telling people, is it bad? No, most of the time they're very receptive. So then you know the question I'm going to ask you next, right? <laughs> why don't you? Yeah, why are you bothering hiding it from them? If it's cause- I still want to try and be normal, I think. All right. Well, listen. Those two things feel incongruous. Just so you're like, because what we've what we've learned so far is it doesn't seem to mind. People don't seem to mind when you tell them, but you don't like explaining it. Mm-hmm. But once they know, it's no problem. But hiding it from them is stressful. You nailed it. Thank you. And I've googled Steve Martin's card. It's signed by him, so he's not a not a dick. He actually signs it. But it says, <laughs> "This certifies that you have had a personal encounter with me." And that you found me warm, polite, intelligent, and funny. Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Let's get you a business card company. <laughs> I think we're I all love set. that idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, apparently, Nathan Fillion does it, too. This is to certify that you just met Nathan Fillion. How did you do? <laughs> Great. He was impressed and now calls you friend. You called him captain, and it was good. <laughs> It was friendly. Oh, it's got like choices for you to tell people about what people are geniuses. All right. Can you imagine (laughs) how many people bother Steve Martin? You know what I mean? Like if I saw Steve Martin, I think I would like a little girl yell, oh, my God, you're Steve Martin. And then he'd be like, yes, I know. And people tell me every 25 seconds. Thanks so much. Here's a card. Leave me alone. Even the card's probably not fun anymore. But okay, so back to you. (laughs) Seriously, um, listen, everybody in the world does something that doesn't make sense, right? Because of some sort of, you know, know, an internal reason. But I mean, you just described something. It sounds like you like better when you tell people, but you want to be normal. But I don't know what normal is. So I feel like I have to be in the mood. Like, that I understand. When I when I had the insulin pump, I whip it out and I d- do my bolus and change my basal rate or cover it in the movie theater because that's what they said when I first got it. Like that's when you turn on the light is when you're in the movie theater and you have to cover it with insulin. But if I pull it out and they're like, "Oh, that looks like a pager," or "What is that?" kind of thing, then I, sometimes I'd go into detail as much as I wanted to, and other times I'm like, "It's just an outside pancreas. Don't worry about it." So when we sit in a movie theater, if we're right up on people, I will turn to the person next to me and say, hi, how are you? And then they have a horrified look on their face because they're trying to see a movie. And I go, (laughs) not going to bother you again. Just wanted to let you know, my daughter has type 1 diabetes. I might have to take my phone out to give her insulin. I'll do my best for it not to bother you. Enjoy the show. (laughs) And then I turn away from them. And that's that. Um, But I am not encumbered by the need to feel normal. 
which I'm assuming everyone listening is now laughing about because they know, but I don't mm-hmm. have like, I don't have that. Um, I heard somebody talking about recently about um, people rush through lines. Like when you're in, you know, in line getting food and there's people behind you that a lot of people rush through, they feel very pressured that there are people behind them. And mm-hmm. I thought, huh, I've never really felt that way. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to, do I, I am one of those people, like I sit at a traffic light, and when it's my turn, I go because I am cognizant that there are people behind me. I am cognizant mm-hmm. of other people, but I don't feel rushed by the knowledge that they're there. And, But it feels awkward. To, but see, you have a much different, like, you know, story. Like, you were diagnosed when you were 14. When did you first get a pump? Right before I went to college in... Uh... 1999, I had good old Kaiser, so I had to do all kinds of readings and my A1C, and I think I had to fast, and I think the two things I could have were mustard and celery, and get blood sugar readings for that, so it took a while. <laughs> you just and that's said actually something. the only times. What? You just said something that most people can't even fathom. <laughs> like, you're just like, <laughs> that's how long ago you've had diabetes. So you had to prove, what did you have to do? You had to show them fasting blood sugars? Yes. Because if they were still high, then you needed a pump? Uh, apparently, I needed to be under good control to be enabled. Yeah. It, it's kind of backwards. It's all just ins- – I bet you – I have no idea, but I bet you it's all just insurance BS that for mm-hmm. they were just looking for ways to restrict what they had to pay for for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that, that, that literally sounds like three people who have never seen anyone with diabetes before got in a room and was like, what should we do to make them get a pump? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can make a little girl eat celery oh that'd be great let's do that yeah. <laughs> my non- <laughs> maniacal laughing uh um so you had to prove to them you needed a pump you got it right around college that's a real new thing at that time in the world so that's definitely something you were trying to hide i imagine but yet not real hideable back then right oh yeah 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 how are you gonna it was that? well it was able to be hidden because at that time <clears throat> people had pagers Oh, so you could play it off that way. Right. Gotcha. So you just pretend to be a drug dealer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I heard, um, I actually went to diabetes camp and one of the ladies said that she was giving herself her insulin in the bathroom and someone came in and saw her and they thought she was taking illegal drugs. So they called the cops. No, I think they just approached her and they're like, um, what are you doing? She's like, oh, <laughs> I need to do this. It's okay. <laughs> Please don't turn me in. See, I, I, my friend Mike used to just tell people he was shooting up and then he would say <laughs> things like, I can't, I can't deal with you guys unless I'm high, like stuff like that. And <laughs> <laughs> to, to, you know, and he would shoot right in his stomach. Do you remember where you would give Like, you know, I said to Arden the other day, you've never given yourself a needle in your stomach. And she's like, people do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, all the time. She goes, oh, I'm not doing that. I was like, okay. <laughs> she won't do her butt either. Oh, like, I have a funny story about that. My my routine when I was in high school is I would test my blood, and then my mom would leave a needle, and then I'd take my insulin, do my shower, get ready and stuff like that, and ha- come up and have breakfast. And uh, before that, she used to give me a shot. And she did it in my butt and got a big old bruise. And after that happened, I was like, okay, you're, you've, it's my turn. 
from now on, <laughs> you lost your, <clears throat> excuse me, you lost your privilege. Yeah. You're not doing that again. Isn't that great? She hit a blood vessel and you're like, that's your fault. Or <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> we'd be like, she's still like, we don't do it that often, but we, we, we do it so infrequently that everyone looks at it sort of like Pulp Fiction, you know, where it's just like, <laughs> anyone remember how to do this? Let's try here. Um, but it's just, uh, it's interesting how, how things have changed, but at the same time, so you head off to college. Any signs of, like, can you look back in retrospect and see bipolar coming, or does it just come like a light switch? How does it start? Um, is it a slow progression or a quick? Honestly, I think the stress of um, the wedding just finally caught up to me. Mm-hmm. And then you would think the honeymoon would be like I would be relaxed and um, not as stressed, but I think the leading up to it didn't really cause the bipolar, but kind of made it come into fruition. You just, you got pushed over a line you hadn't been passed, but was planning a wedding that stressful? (laughs) Yes. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. My (laughs) wife and I got, my wife and I decided to get married uh, and we're married like, I think seven days later. So I didn't have a lot of time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, But that's so what is it like a year lead up to a wedding and you're like buying cakes and dresses and is it pressure from outside what makes it stressful wanting it to be nice or people's expectations well both of those and also financially ah so you're trying to hustle money to pay for it as well yes we got married in a park. I think we had to pay a fee of $20 to the park for us to, for them to let us use it. And we had to pay a justice of the peace, I think a hundred dollars to show up and do the ceremony. The whole wow. thing. Yeah. That we went on the cheap. We did buy a dress for Kelly. Wow. She looked very nice. Well, we got married, um, at the top of Vail pass and, um, my father-in-law helped build some, um, cabins up mm-hmm. there. Yeah for cross-country skiers so we did it off season and it, it wasn't cheap it wasn't for cheap. everything that we chose to do <laughs> yeah i um i remember one of my sister-in-laws was getting married and my father-in-law was like i'll just give you twenty thousand dollars if you don't have a wedding mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and i think if you found her today she'd be like i should have taken that 20 grand <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh I, but I understand it. I can understand the idea of it, and I get the pressure. So the pressure is building because of the wedding. It just you get you make it to the thing. So nothing like if you said to your husband, like, how long were you guys courting before you were married? Um, I had just gone to college in August, and then I met him that January or that February. Mm-hmm. So I so I told 18, him I wouldn't marry old. him until um, I graduated. So in May of 2003, I graduated, and then that September, we got married. Yeah, so you did college stress and marriage stress on top of each other. Yes. That's interesting. And I said courting, which I've never said before in my entire life. (laughs) I really don't know where that came from. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I'm all over the place today. (laughs) That's okay. We might want to test me. Because... (laughs) I just there's a lot to wrap your head around um, when you're when you don't really understand it a lot, and uh, it just is. It, it's a 
it's hard not to feel like a lot of compassion for you when I'm talking. And at the same time, I don't want to in any way infer pity because I don't feel pity. Um, you know what I mean? Like, so it's hard to try to be compassionate without seeming, or maybe that's just my hang up. I don't know. But, um, I, I wondered if the medication for the bipolar affects your blood sugar at all. Um, I think it depends on which medication I'm on. Does it vary? Yeah, uh, it's changed throughout the years, but I really don't think it, it, it affects does. it because I've always thought that stuff with hormones checks it, mm. but all the medicine that I take is anti-psychotic or seizure medication and uh, uh, mood stabilizers. Right. So in all honesty, I don't think it affects my blood sugar. The other stuff affects my blood sugar, but not my meds. Do those things have other impacts? Like what are some of the side effects of the meds that you take? Well, I recently had a colonoscopy and they put me on omeprazole. And I have to wake up an hour beforehand because I also take thyroid medication. Mm -hmm. And then I have to test my blood and then eat 15 minutes later. So my morning is pretty chaotic. And then I have to take uh, medicine throughout the day. Okay. So, so, so it's like scheduling. It definitely throws you off. So I, I hear what you're saying. So the wait, the omeprazole, what is that for? What did they find in your colon? No, it was something in my stomach. In your stomach? Like some some juices or I don't know. I could look it up. No, but don't they do said that. something. Stick with stomach juices. That's better for the podcast. Okay, so they found some weird stomach juices, put you on a med, <laughs> but you can't overlay that med with your thyroid medication. You left out that right. you're, are you hypo or Hashimoto's? Um, I don't know the difference, but I know that I'm on a pretty high dose. Okay. And they took it out completely. Oh, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Was there a cancer? They had, they had ultrasounded it. I guess that makes sense. Okay. And um, so they checked it and they found some nodules and then when they checked it a year later they had gotten bigger and they're like we don't want to mess with this it's, it's got to come out okay so when they found the nodules the first time did you go on medication not then no what, what year was this where are you living in the country we need to get you to a to a population center so you can see a doctor uh wait no but, <laughs> but, so, but so wait what year did you find out about the thyroid um not that long ago Okay. Maybe three or four years. Did they, I get the dates kind of mixed up don't in my Don't worry head. about that. But three or four years ago, they find nodules on your thyroid, but don't give you thyroid medication, which, by the way, would have helped with that. And, and so what did they tell you? Like, you're, you're, they tested you and said you're in range? Did they tell you that bullshit? Friends, the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor not only shows you your blood sugar, it shows you what direction it's moving in, if it's moving in a direction, and what speed it's moving in that direction. I do this almost every ad. I will now open up my cellular telephone, go to the Dexcom app, and tell you that my daughter's blood sugar is 79. She's in school right now, and I can see the last three hours of her blood sugar. I can actually turn my phone and just run my finger along the graph. Listen to the numbers. 91, 94, 96, 95, 94, 91, 87, 85, 84, 3, 80, 78, 77. This is me just 
dragging my finger through the last three hours of Arden's life. Isn't that magical? You can do that on your iPhone or Android phone. And not only can I follow Arden, but so could nine other people if that's what we wanted. Up to 10 people can follow her blood sugars and see them in real time and get alarmed if they go above or below a setting that we decide on. My alarms, for instance, are set at 65 and 120. My wife's alarms are set at 70 and 130. Isn't that interesting? Customizability. You get to decide. You want your alarm set at 150? That's where you put it. You want it set at 80? That's where you put it. And it'll tell you, hey, Scott, you're dropping below 80. You're going over 150. Beep, beep. Oh, a little beep. What does this mean? I see. Even the beeping tells you. Two beeps is higher. Three beeps is lower. You get to know. This information is at the core of how we make decisions about Arden's insulin. Does she need more? Does she need less? Should she take in some carbs? Are just a few carbs enough to stop this fall? This information is, I don't want to say life-changing because people say that all the time, but it is. It's life-changing information if you're using insulin. Check it out. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You can learn more or get started today right there at that link. Now, talking about having your life changed, when Arden was four years old, we decided to get her an insulin pump. And luckily, we got her the Omnipod. She's been using it every day since then. Since she was four years old, she's going to be 17 soon. 13 years wearing an Omnipod every day. You heard those blood sugars back there in the Dexcom ad? Where do you think they come from? They come from the ability to change basal rates, make timely boluses, extended boluses through high-fat meals. Arden can wear the Omnipod without cumbrance while she's showering, sleeping, running, playing, working out, doing whatever it is she does. Arden has a tubeless insulin pump. It doesn't get caught on doorknobs. And it doesn't have to be taken off to bathe, shower, or swim. It's a special device, one that I'm thrilled my daughter has. And you can find out right now if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom Omnipod and all of the sponsors, even, in fact, touchedbytype1.org. You have to be impressed. I did that all in one take off the top of my head and used the word cumbrance properly. They tested you and said you're in range? Yeah, I think they did test my blood. Mm -hmm. But then they also gave me the option of taking out half of it. But they never just tried to give you, like, Synthroid. Mm Mm-mm. Not until I it was taken out. Not until it was not until it was gone. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. So you need the so the synthroid you take and it needs to be away from food or other medication. So that's what yeah. you're talking about. So you have to get up in the morning, take the synthroid, wait thirty minutes, take more, and then eat or something like that. So your whole morning's kind of like screwed up like that. Yes. And okay. And then the what's the cocktail for the bipolar like? Do you mind sharing that? You mean the specific drugs? I mean, if you 
want to. If you don't want to, it, you don't have to. Um, I take Seroquel. Um, I take Depakote, and uh, what's the other one? Lem- Lamotrigine. Well, I don't know why they can't give these things better names. Uh, and <laughs> it would be easier to remember. Yeah. Really? Why not call it like I don't know? Never mind. I just I don't I, I actually understand the naming system through the FDA and why they make it why they make them do it like this, but it's just and it's just difficult to remember when someone's on a drug their whole life and they can't say it. That's a problem, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it happens to everybody. Uh, so you take these three medications. Do they have to be with food or at certain times a day or anything like that? Um, the seroquel needs to be spaced out through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I take. Um, a pretty high dose at night. And then I take the other one in the morning and then in the middle of the day, I take another one at lunchtime and it usually makes me sleepy. Okay. So um, probably the best time for me to drive is in the afternoon before dinner. So this is just because of of the medication. So this is one of these things has a very short half half life in your body. So you have to keep taking it to keep the efficacy build up. Is that how that works? Yeah. Okay. And if you don't take that, what happens? Um, the mania starts kicking in. Okay. Do you know what mania looks like, or do you not know your like? Do you not recollect like the I'm talking to now, the person you are right now on using the medications? Do you fully understand what it looks like when you're not, or do you not have that kind of recollection of it? Um, I'm aware of it, but my impulse control is not there. My tone. I could go to the grocery store and in my mind saying I, I need this when it's an actually a want. So I'm like, Oh, like throwing things in the cart that I don't need. But my mind, I'm like, Oh, I, 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 I need this. I just don't want it. And then, so I spend a lot of money and then I don't have a filter. So certain things that I say should not be said to a certain person or they could take offense to it. And that's not where I'm doing. And for some reason I send out a bunch of cards to friends and like people that I know as thank yous and stuff like that. And if I start like doing five or seven a day, it's kind of a red flag. Um, what else happens? I can't think of anything else that happens right off the top of my head. Well, greeting cards is, I mean, at least it's not like I kill five or seven cats a day. It's I send five or seven <laughs> greeting cards. I mean, it's really, you know, I mean, there's a high side here for certain. Um, but but spend a lot of money. Like, have you ever gotten in a situation where you've had to go and say, look, this happened. I need to return these things. Like, like has it been that bad or is it always something you guys can kind of cover on your own? My husband really doesn't like returning anything. So he just kind of... Um, Pulls it over my head. Like, <laughs> is there a mania room full of stuff you don't use? <laughs> no, it's no. it's actually not that bad. Okay, because um, we usually he sometimes when I'm at the store I have to um, contact him and I'm like, can I get this? And he'll either say yes or no. But I went to Costco and which is not a very good place to go when you're when <laughs> you're manic. But I had bought this huge thing of um, powdered uh, Parmesan cheese. <laughs> And I, and then I returned it and he needed it. And he's like, well, where is it? And I'm like, well, you got so mad at me. I returned it. <laughs> I'm just imagining you carrying a 50 pound bag of Parmesan cheese or something. 
<laughs> he needs three pinches for something and then goes for it. It's not there and says to himself, but we had 50 pounds of it. Now I, I just need three little pinches. Oh, yep. my God. So so anything you ever try to hurt yourself or anything like that? Um, I was on Latuda for a little while. And one of the main symptoms that got me was confusion. And that's when I had suicidal thoughts. Um, we, when I was confused again, it's different from psychosis psychosis is my mind wouldn't let me go to sleep and it would just keep running. And then like, I would walk around in my underwear. I would do like weird stuff. Like, um, I would stare at the ceiling. It, it was bizarre. So I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> you were just telling me about psychosis, but I think we all got lost imagining you were walking around in your underwear and think, and, and we all thought, holy shit, are we all psychotic because I was walking around in my underwear like two hours ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> psychosis may occur as a result of psychiatric illness like schizophrenia and other instances that may be caused by health conditions or medications or drug use. So this one medication gave you these these symptoms you had to stop taking that. Yes. Gotcha. Um, how do you feel like personally, can you separate the illnesses from you? Like, are you sad that this happens to you or have you made your peace with it? That this is like how your life is. Do you not, are you not able to think about it that way? No, I feel like I'm still in denial that I have it. I wish I could get over it and just kind of embrace it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, how old are you again? 40. Oh, you're halfway there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I know we all want to think we're going to live forever, but I, yeah. saw, I saw my mom try to get out of a chair the other day. Trust me. If you're still alive, it's not great. <laughs> it's just, it's, you're not in a, you're not in a commercial hang gliding. <laughs> 78 years old. Yeah. <laughs> You're at home going, I hate the news, but I watch it. <laughs> uh, so, well, look, I got to be honest with you. It's gotten you this far. I don't know that that's a terrible thing. And I don't, is it denial or is it just the idea that you don't want to say, say it out loud because you're afraid of what will happen? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's not. Yeah, like I don't, don't want to be judged. But it's not like you think the bipolar thing will go into another gear if you just say, I'm bipolar and I have type 1 diabetes and all this stuff sucks, but this is what I got to do. You don't think it'll get worse if you, like, just give yourself over to it? You mean, like, like own up to when I... I guess what I'm asking is, are you worried that you're on a precipice and by not fully accepting that you have bipolar disorder that you're stopping yourself from something worse happening or do you just is it just suck to say out loud it just sucks to say it out loud okay all right um that's why it was so scared like that's why i kept emailing you and be like okay i i need to be prepared for this i don't know what i'm gonna say can you ask me the questions beforehand so i can um, be ready with the answer. Well, that's why, that's why my next question was going to be, why in the hell did you want to do this? <laughs> Is this your trying to accept it thing? Yeah. No. Oh, do you think it's going to work? Your help. Well, I can listen to it as many times as I want. Uh, you definitely can. 
hey, that's a good point. If I just had enough people with enough problems come on, I could get my downloads up by them just re-listening to their basically free therapy thing that we do here on the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the way I'm feeling. Like, <laughs> Is it help? I mean, we're 45 minutes in. How are you feeling? Like I have more to say. Cool. <laughs> Lay right. it all out. All right, yeah, well, then go ahead. What do you want people to know? Um. One kind of fun thing is when I went to diabetes camp, um, they they were called juice fairies. And because you were so active and you had to walk to, to do everything and walk to the bathroom and walk to eat and stuff like that, um, they would test you before you went to bed and they would come and they would test your blood and give you juice and graham crackers with peanut butter. And they were called the juice fairy and then they'd leave you alone. <laughs> So the juice fairy comes and jacks up your blood sugar and then lets you sleep. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Well, if your blood sugar was high enough, obviously they wouldn't give you anything. No, no. But (laughs) I'm just thinking that the next time I have to go into Arden's room, I'm going to say, hey, the juice fairy is here. (laughs) I've never thought that before in my life, but now I might say it out loud. Um, Yeah, I don't. It's that that makes sense. The Mm -hmm. the juice fairy is. it's a nice way to, th- how old were you when people, were- you weren't like 20 or something like that? <laughs> no, um, I think it was right after I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed in December and because I was 14, I was still able to go to diabetes camp. Yeah. So I hadn't been diabetic for very long before I went there. I, <laughs> so I was you, like, okay, I guess this is what you do. I think if I ran a diabetes camp, it would look much different than other people's diabetes camps. I, um, and back in the day, I mean, 20 years ago, I, the juice fairy makes a lot of sense, but I was just thinking about that. I was like, what would you do? I get everybody together and we'd get their basils all straight and get their blood sugar stable. And and we go do a bunch of stuff and that'd be it. No, this is when everybody was on shots. Yeah. Right. Just shooting and hoping. And if you got dizzy, you ate something. Mm-hmm. That was, it was like nice. a bonding time. I get that. Like you're all waiting around to be dizzy. <laughs> Did it happen to some people more than others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you one of those people or were you fairly not not so much so? Well, because I was still trying to figure out what to do. I think they had to test me a lot. Yeah. All right. Okay. Listen, a minute ago, you were like... <laughs> a split second from your coming out party. And I was like, tell people what you want to know. And you're like, there were juice fairies at diabetes camp. That is not the way I thought you were going to go. Did you chicken (laughs) out? Or is that the first thing that popped into your head? (laughs) No, when I was going over it this morning in my head, what I wanted to talk about, that was the first thing that I thought was kind of fun. Cool. Well, it's definitely fun, but (laughs) I, uh, I, I want you to unburden your soul. Like I want you to get out of this at the end and be able to walk around and treat yourself the way you want to be treated. Because it feels like you want to be one way and you're stopping yourself because you don't want people to know. But I mean, mm-hmm. you're aware because I've not hidden it from you. Like a lot of people are going to hear this. So mm-hmm. you're good now. Like you told people. And it's great mm-hmm. because as many people hear it, probably not one of them will know you. So that's true. Yeah. So you have, you get the, you get to have the reality of unburdening yourself and telling people without the unpleasant part of your dentist looking at you and going, I didn't know you had diabetes or, you know, something <laughs> like that. So, I mean, 
I guess put yourself in that position. Somebody's in front of you and you want them to know, but you don't want them to judge you. What do you want them to know? You said what do I? Sorry, yeah, what, you just cut out. No, I'm sorry. What would you want them to know? About you. I think that I'm, it's not my fault. Like I, I want them to know that because I have bipolar, there's something in my brain that's not working like you would think. And then it wasn't my fault that my pancreas decided to die. Like I want to be able to express that and explain why I do the things that I do. And it's not my fault that what I do. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. So similar to the idea of, you know, you're afraid if you, if you, if somebody's afraid, if I say I have cancer, someone's going to think, well, what did you do to get it? Mm -hmm. I have diabetes. What did you do to get it? You, do you, I hope you understand and maybe you don't, but my belief is that that reaction from other people is self-defense. Like they don't want it to happen to them, which Mm -hmm. is an obvious reaction and mm-hmm. the and because it's nebulous, because there's no reason why you have bipolar and I don't, or my daughter's thyroid works not as well as someone else's, there's no reason for that. So the fear when you see it happen to other people is, oh my gosh, this could just randomly happen to me. I don't want to deal with that feeling. So I have to ascribe a reason why this happened and then avoid that reason. So you smoked you have cancer. That's your fault. I don't smoke. Mm. I'm never going to get cancer, and, mm. and which isn't true, but makes people feel comfortable. Yeah. And and for you, the most important thing is for people to know, like you didn't make some bad decision that made you bipolar or you know right. eight you know eight nineteen pounds of sugar. Like some people just seem to assume that's how diabetes happens. And yeah. and, and and that makes a lot of sense to me. It really does because like you didn't like smoke some like laced crack or something like that. And like all of a sudden you were bipolar. It just happened. Right. Right. And even if you did, by the way, I want to say this. (laughs) I've never said this before. If you did smoke crack and it messed you up, still not a good reason to just like make you feel bad about it later. Like, I I mean, it already Mm -hmm. happened. You you know what I mean? You didn't hurt anybody but yourself if that's what happened. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I definitely understand what you're saying. So what's the fear? What happens to you if they say to you some version of what did you do to yourself to make that happen? If that's what they think. Why does that matter to you? Basically, I shut down. Ah, okay. So just the assumption that they think you've done something to cause it kind of pushes you into a different and bad place yeah got it okay so you can't just ignore it the way i would Mm -mm. right all right like i don't actually care what other people think i mean i do in some very specific and important situations but like in the grand scheme of things small things that don't matter your opinion of you know my politics i don't care about you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like, you know, if, if I, uh, my neighbor cuts his lawn in a really specific pattern that makes me think he has a mental illness and <laughs> I just sort of go around the perimeter of my house and cut wherever, like, I don't think I've ever cut my lawn the same way twice. I'm just like, wee, 
and I cut the lawn. Uh-huh. And, it just, and it means nothing to me. I don't want to wake up and see the lines in the grass. I don't care. I just want the grass <laughs> to be shorter. Um, but if someone said that to me, like, you don't cut your lawn right, I'd be like, what? Whatever. <laughs> and then that would be, and then I would never think of it again. But that could actually make you go inside and say, I don't cut my lawn right. And, and you shut down then. How long does it, mm-hmm. how long does that last for if you get pushed into that situation? I think it depends on the person. So how much you feel it from them dictates how long you feel badly about it afterwards. So it would mean more coming from your husband or your mother than it would from someone you just met in a, in a store or something like that. Yeah. Okay. You, you alluded earlier that having your mother talk to you about your diabetes was not good for you. How often does, is she involved still? How often does she get to say to you, you shouldn't eat that? Only when she comes to visit. Um, well, we, ever since COVID, we've been um, talking or playing a game called Trickster online. So we're able to play cards with, um, with them in Colorado because we're in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really get to say what I eat until she gets here. And then my anxiety is going up because of her visit. And then my blood sugar is way out of whack. And just saying to her, mom, I need you very, I need you not to comment on my food. And I don't want to see any side eye or stinky face or anything like that when you see me do anything because it really is bad for me. That wouldn't mm-hmm. stop her from doing it? I don't know what would happen because I've never tried it. Mm, this is it. <laughs> While we're playing Trickster, we start we start talking about this a little bit. <laughs> or or maybe you just have to I mean, I assume the obvious answer is you need to call her on the phone and say, Hey, look, there's no way you would ever know this. And I'm certainly don't want you to feel badly about it, although I imagine you might, but please try not to for long. This has got an impact on me. I really need for this not to happen. You know, very matter of factly, like this is what happens. This is how it makes me feel. Can you please not do that? I know you have a an understanding of diabetes that's a couple of decades old, and I appreciate mm-hmm. everything you did for me back then, but the way people manage is really different now. And so when you tell me not to eat something or judge it, it's really hard for me. I really need you not to do that. Would that not put an end to it, do you think? Well, I'd hope it would open our eyes to how she's been acting and that she is living in the 1990s rather than uh, in the 2020 range. Let's not do the math too much. It's going to make us feel bad. But it's a long time later. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, Don't expect. But that's why want her to listen to your episode and then we can talk about it afterwards and I can like you you know I've kind of been feeling like when you come here I'm attacked and that's not healthy for either one of us yeah well in a normal situation by the way it's not healthy for either one of you but you have an extra layer with the bipolar mm-hmm. too. and by the way why could it not get a better name than bipolar maybe if they gave it <laughs> seriously exactly they gave well it, a- it used to be called manic depressive yeah, or that's manic not, depression. That's not it either. No, it's not. What's the name of that elephant in that Pixar movie? Maybe they should just pick like a random word. Um, <laughs> you know, Billy. 
And then you just go, you know, Billy will get all mm-hmm. upset. And then just let it be. I think it would be nicer. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, we are not having a contest to rename bipolar disorder here on the podcast. But <laughs> well, I hope that helps. I hope that um that letting me basically let me do the heavy lifting part and then you come in and say, Hey, you heard that, like please don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if she ever listens to this, like it's mom, you know. Ease up. It's not that big of a deal. Like just mm-hmm. she's doing something you don't understand and and people don't she's not using that old what were you using back there? Regular and MPH? MPH, yeah. Right? Your daughter's using this fast acting insulin now. It works so much differently. Uh you don't have to do things the way you used to, and you can still get really great outcomes and and you know, reduce variability. Are you wearing a CGM? No. Joy, I'd like you to have a CGM, I think. But do you think it would make you nervous or upset? No, I did try it probably in the pre-stages, and I couldn't figure out how to make it so it wouldn't beep when I would become out of range because I was. I probably should have learned more about it before I put it on, but it would wake me up in the middle of the night and he'd get mad. So... I got so frustrated with that. I even donated all the supplies back to my endocrinologist. Um, but I, I do feel like I've had it for long enough that I can tell when I'm high or low and I, I just have to test to confirm it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Two things. Did we just uh, assign the pronoun he to bipolar or were we talking about your husband? He would get mad. Husband. Okay. It's <laughs> like maybe we're renaming bipolar right now and uh, just calling it him. Uh, and that's not how that's going to work. Like you, so you don't stop it from beeping by learning how to turn the beeping off. You stop it from <laughs> beeping by learning how to use your insulin so you don't leave the range. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you didn't have the time. Like, so you basically threw it on before you knew how you were going to use it. And then that yeah. thing starts beeping all night long. And right. I will say this. And I mean this with love. How you feel is not important to what your blood sugar is. If if people could just know what their blood sugar was by how they feel, then that's what everyone would do. And no one be, would be wearing a CGM. But the truth is, is if you put a CGM on and you can start looking at how different foods impact your blood sugars, you can start making different decisions about when the insulin goes in and stop those spikes and those falls. I know you haven't been listening to the podcast that long, but if you ever feel like digging into the pro tip episodes, it wa- it'll walk you through all that stuff. And CGMs work. I mean, I don't know how long ago you tried it the first time. Which one did you try? Was it the Medtronic back then? Or was it the Dexcom like 7 Plus? Which one did you have? Do you remember? I think, yeah, because I was on a mini med pump. So you had the Medtronic so, one. Uh-huh. It is widely accepted that that sucked. So, <laughs> so now that now Dexcom has something called the G6, um, mm-hmm. or um, the G7 should be out pretty soon. Um, there's another company called Libre that does like a flash CGM where you like hold your phone up to the thing and it gives you your blood sugar so you can see it more frequently. There's a lot of different ways to do this where you could really kind of like manage your stability and and not. I would tell you that I think that most most days my daughter's blood sugar does not go over 140 even with food. And, wow. and a major mess up would be 180. 
Wow. Like I have. Do it, you still have to calibrate it? Not anymore. Oh wow! I mean, that was huge. Yeah, the caliber. It used to be you had to calibrate like every number of hours or something like that. Um, G6 does not require calibration. I have found sometimes at the end of a sensor, it could, you know, it starts to get a little wonky at the end. It might need a little help to get you to the last day, but it's fascinating. I'm looking at her last 24 hours now. Mm-hmm. And actually to go to her last 12 hours, Arden's blood sugar has been between 112 and 71 for the last 12 hours. And over over 24 hours, there's Chinese food in there. Oh, wow. Um, on a pump after a pump change. So her pump ran out of insulin, right? Mm-hmm. And we changed it and ate Chinese food in the same 20 minutes. 169 was her highest blood sugar. Wow. And it only lasted for about 30 minutes before we got it back to 118. So I think you can do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think anybody can do that, be perfectly honest with you. Um, And I do wonder how much better you'd feel if you cut some like spikes and variability out of your life. Like Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you could. Maybe you could take some of the, you know, the thinking you have to do around diabetes um, and lessen it over time. Like, I'm not saying you would learn it in a day, but if you gave yourself time to absorb the ideas, listen through the episodes, got a CGM, I'd say six months later, you'd be in a better place and you wouldn't have to rush yourself. Now, do you have the, the my real question is, is, do you have the ability to do something like that without letting it overwhelm you? Or do you? Can you do that? If I take small steps. Yeah. You should. I mean, you should pick something. Tell your mom, get a CGM, do one of those things. Mm -hmm. Seriously, run outside to your house right now and yell out loud, I have diabetes and bipolar disorder, then walk back inside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Please. By the way, if I don't you do, know if anybody's listening. Well, that's perfect. Then you get the freedom <laughs> of feeling like you did it. No one knows still. Um, uh-huh. You said something earlier that I just have to ask about. You said you you were pregnant. Like, how many children do you have? Just one, one and done. How weird is it to make a decision to have a baby when you have bipolar? Well, when I was pregnant, it was under pretty good control. Okay. I don't even remember it. it She's 12, so it's been a little while. Um, I was vegetarian at the time, working and on the pump, so I would have to go to see the endocrinologist every week, every other week, and then the times in between those, I went to get um, ultrasounds to make sure that she was okay, Mm -hmm. and diabetics typically have bigger babies, so she was nine pounds, nine ounces, and she was one day shorter being three weeks early, Wow. so... That's my pregnancy in a nutshell. Can you take the meds for the bipolar while you're pregnant? See, that's what I was wondering. I think I had to lessen or I didn't have to have any at all. You had to for the baby. Yes. Gotcha. But it's so long ago. You don't really remember the whole thing. Like, <laughs> uh, I guess it's not that long. Oh, 12 years. Are you kidding me? What would <laughs> you give to be 12 years younger? I mean, I'd. I don't think I'd murder a stranger, but I think there's some things I would do to be 12 years younger. Like, I think you could pretty much get me to probably, like, commit a small crime, I think. Uh, (laughs) If uh, 12 years is a lot, I would take it. Uh, 
but there's no fear about like even just like did you think about I what if I have a baby and it ends up having type one diabetes? Was that a concern? Yes. Okay. She's actually had the antibodies test and uh, she passed it. So it pre- it's supposed to predict whether she has antibodies in the next five years to develop type one. Mm-hmm. Did she have any? She's not- what? Did she have any of the antibodies? I think there's like five they test for. Nope. Oh, that's lovely. She's good to go. Excellent. Um, and do you worry about the bipolar thing? Like, do you find oh, yeah. yourself like trying not to stress her and things like that? Right. And try not to call attention to it. Any if I start seeing symptoms in her, I don't want to make her even more self conscious. Yeah, right. She's she's in middle school and wants to fit in. Yeah, and and aren't there certain ages that bipolar rears more than others? Preteen, teen, like thirteen, fourteen, and then college age, right? Aren't those the two? I think I think it seems to come at more specific ages but i don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever heard that or not no i have you have mm-hmm. yeah i mean that would i i i just i think in general i i feel like that all the time like with the kids i'm like oh if you can just get them past this age right here where this stuff usually happens and then this you know what i mean like you always just sort of feel like and meanwhile it's nothing you can I mean, you really can't control anything, right? Like, what are you going to do? Just not be stressed out your entire life? It just yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem True. reasonable. The average age of onset is about 25, but it can occur in the teens or more uncommonly in childhood. Okay. So um, you talked a lot about mania, but do you get depressed? No. You get more on the manic side, but you don't ever get depressed. That's interesting. So is that definitely bipolar? I don't even know if it should be considered bipolar because bipolar, obviously, with the bi, it's the depression and the the mania or the anxiety. And you could also be rapid cycling, so you could have both. But n- no, not really. All right, I'm Googling mania without depression. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm curious to know what it is, too. Yeah, you shouldn't Google this stuff, but I will. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> um, there are lows. No, it's depressive. Wait, what's bipolar 2? Bipolar 2 involves a major depressive episode. Well, that's not you. Hold on a second. Damn it. Mania is a mistake. Bipolar 2 usually doesn't have psychosis. But do you think that's from the medication? For... Type one. No, do you think bipolar the, compared you, to type two? No, do you think the psychosis came from that medication, or do you have that with or without the medication? When I was first diagnosed, it I had no medication. Right. Oh, okay. And that was what was happening. Yeah. So you, there's so many different like so self-centered concerns and attitudes, inflated self-esteem, grandiose ideas. Do you have any of that? Grandiose ideas, yes. Like you feel like you can take on the world and you, I can do all these projects in the house and I'm like, I'm going to clean up my closet and give everything away. And I'm going to clean every room in this house. So it's like spick and span. So people can come over and visit. And usually I don't finish the projects. Like in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's going to happen. But then I get distracted. You're very sweet. You're so sweet. Like you thought of grandiose ideas as cleaning the house. Not like, I think I could fly like nothing like (laughs) 
uh, heightened levels of energy, decreased need for sleep, increased physical activity, feeling jumpy. Any of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. yeah, all the above. Okay. Rapid abstract speech, excessive talkiveness, talkativeness, frequent interruptions. Yes. You're not doing that today. <laughs> but I am random today. Well, I am too. It's not very helpful. Plus, I didn't let. I, pl- pl- well, hold on, we'll talk about that in a second. Racing thoughts, abrupt changes of mind, frequent shifts in topic. Yes, randomness. Randomness. Um, when it first starts happening, and my husband tells me afterwards, we'll be at dinner, and sometimes I make like they'll be talking about spaghetti, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh, what about meatloaf?" And it completely, besides its food, it just completely blindsides everybody because they're like do you, you keyword already i didn't see that bridge do you keyword jump or is it even more random than that like i know it's, it's topics like i know somebody like you could be talking about the fall of the roman empire and and at some point in that conversation like someone could just say it was it was bl- there were blue skies that day and they're like we should go on vacation like like that, right yeah like that okay but in my mind, it makes sense. Yeah, well, why not? You heard blue skies. Uh, <laughs> hyper-focus on non-essential tasks, excessive and idealistic planning for future conduct, restlessness, motor agitation, like, I guess, your limbs. Not so much. Not so much. Impulsive decision-making, poor judgment, reckless behavior. What's the most expensive thing you've ever bought that you shouldn't have bought? <laughs> um. I went to my eye doctor and had gotten my eyes dilated and I told my husband that I was going to go to Costco and get like those really cheap glasses, like reading glasses or use a prescription, but get the frames that are really cheap. And <laughs> I went to the, I looked in the yellow pages and found an ophthalmologist and went to see them, <laughs> bought $600 frames or with my glasses. He was not happy. You really are delightful. Like your biggest, like even with bipolar disorder, your biggest spending spree was a six hundred dollar pair of glasses. Yeah, it's not you didn't buy a car or no. a person. Like, like you didn't. You're like nothing crazy, right? You didn't like you didn't get involved in like human trafficking. Like you just just bought a pair of glasses. <laughs> See, you're. It, I think you, it's possible this isn't as bad as you think it is. <laughs> No, but seriously, it's it's very. I, I think I think quite obviously the medication's working. Like if you didn't have this medication, you'd you'd be out like yacht shopping or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Okay, so well that's good. I mean that's that's really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your husband's not independently wealthy or anything like that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Or he is, he doesn't tell you. Can you imagine? There's like it's a giant pile of money somewhere, and he's like, "Oh, we can't tell about this." <laughs> she'll take it and go. Oh my god, she'll buy so many pairs of glasses. Or <laughs> <laughs> like buy the glasses, buy the sunglasses, I buy thought, the contacts. I thought for sure you were going to tell me like you got laser eye surgery or something no. like that. Like you're like I, you know, I decided screw this. I'm getting my lenses reshaped. They're doing that now. Did you know that they're um. It's sort of some version of like the cataract procedure, but it's for nearsightedness. So you don't need reading oh. glasses anymore. Wow. I'll tell you, I might do that. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that as I get older, my vision's like, that's one of the things that bothers me more than anything else. He's just like, look at me complaining to you. <laughs> I 
I can't read close up. Joyce, like my pancreas doesn't work and I'm a medic. <laughs> and I'm bitching about my sight. Sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are really lovely, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. What was the um concern about not knowing what we were going to talk about while we were talking? How did that make you feel? Anxious. Well, excited and nervous also. Did it end up mattering? We're an hour and 15 minutes into this. Did it matter? Oh, my goodness. Seriously? Yeah. Did it end up mattering to you? No. No. Is that a lesson? that you can take with is that a lesson you can take with you or will it not work that way no it's definitely a lesson yeah i i there's a handful of people and i don't remember them by name anymore but it's fascinating like because i'm very loose about how i book this show like there's there's certain little protocols you kind of jump through and then once you've done that you have to pick a time to record that's significantly in the future now, you didn't mm-hmm. have to do that because I've learned that people who have um, depression or anxiety or mania, that kind of stuff, it's not good to put something too far off in the future for them. Like, mm-hmm. for the same reason, I'll put your episode up sooner. I will not make you wait six months for this to come out because mm-hmm. it'll, it'll kill you. Like, I've learned that. <laughs> so I, I, I know out of kindness to you, this needs to go up pretty soon, right? You need a little time to think about it, and then it needs to appear. Um, Mm -hmm. but for most people, most people have to, like, there are, it's February right now. It's actually, Mm -hmm. actually my son's birthday today. And, um, Oh, well, happy birthday to him. I will definitely tell him that. And, um, I can tell you that I can scroll forward. There is someone booked to record this show as far out as the latest one I have right now is a woman named Leanne who's recording on November 2nd, 2021. And there are so many recordings between now and that date, like set up. And Mm -hmm. then, so you have to want to be on the show because you have to book something out in the future. And then, and then I do very little to make sure that you're here. There's Mm -hmm. like, I think two automated emails you get, right? Like one the Mm -hmm. day before and something. And then, Mm -hmm. but do you know that I've never turned this thing on and the person's not been there. They're always here. And that's how I make sure that I get people who really want to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. But that process did not work for you at all and has not worked for a handful of people in the past. And I've learned to like accommodate that. But the problem is I don't know what I'm going to talk to you about. And so I can't give you questions ahead of time. And that makes me feel terrible. But I felt like you handled it okay. But I probably had to reassure you four t- four times, you think? <laughs> At least. Yeah, we were married there for a minute. I was <laughs> I was like, oh, hold on, let me help. So like, but but you never got too too like you were worried, but it seemed like every time I I explained it to you you were okay again. Was I reading that right or were you not okay? No, you were reading it right. I just need to be reassured. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, like it's going to be fine. Don't worry. It's going to be great. You're going to be great. I'm not going to ask you anything you don't know the answer to. And mm-hmm. and and you even before we started, excuse me, you said like if I ask like if you ask something that I don't want to answer, what should I say? Did I come close to asking you something you didn't want to answer? Mm-mm. Can you <clears throat> Hold on a second. <clears throat> I apologize. You're fine. What's a question 
I don't know if this is the right thing to ask you or not, but what question could I have asked you that you would have said, no, I'm not going to answer that? Um, Does one come to mind without even telling me? Um, Maybe the fact that I've been hospitalized because it's such a stigma that until now I don't like to talk about it. Interesting, because the craziest thing I thought of asking you that I didn't ask you was, has this ever led to any weird um, sexual encounters that you regret? That literally is one of the questions I had. That was one of the symptoms of bipolar type one, right? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I've, I've just been like since you emailed me months ago, I'm like, I wonder if they just run around banging people before they know about the medication and stuff. Does that happen? <laughs> but I don't want to ask like that because, well seems rude but but that's that that's one you don't have to answer by the way but like that's one of unless you want to <laughs> no i can answer it's not that's not the case didn't happen for you like that nope does it happen to some people oh yeah yeah everything's just bang bang time right just mm-hmm. and that's the impulsiveness and the mm-hmm. i would imagine there's impulsiveness involved it feels like there's probably that whole like intensity and love and like all that stuff probably gets mishmashed together. Yeah. Uh, that's and no conscience. Yeah. So it's just, you don't have to worry that you don't know the person or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that hasn't happened to you. Does it impact Correct. your personal sex life? <laughs> Stop. Now, see, we found one. I knew I could do it if I tried hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> so yeah, you don't, I, that's, that's that's all I was saying earlier. I'm like, just say, don't ask me that. So now, how do you like knowing you're not going to have to answer that question? Does it still make you uncomfortable that it was asked? Yes. Ah, uh, gotcha. Did I ruin something? Like, did I ruin your day by asking that, or no? No, I'll uh, get over it. Cool, but it sticks with you for a second. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Does it like? Is it like being excited or or scared? Does it feel like somebody walked up behind you and said boo? Or is it deeper than that? I think it's deeper. Yeah, that's really interesting. I appreciate you sharing this because there's no way for me or other people to know about any of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And the only way is going to be if people like you are willing to tell stories and answer questions and tell other people how they feel. Because there's no way for me to, like, I've had people ask me questions that I didn't want to answer. And, you know, eight seconds later, that experience is over for me. Mm-hmm. It's really something. I'm sorry, by the way, that <clears throat> this happened to you because it is really random and you obviously didn't do anything to cause any of this. Um, it is yeah. just bad luck, right? Is that how you've yeah. learned to think of it? I'm... What? Uh, Good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to stop you. I don't remember what I was going to say. Ah. <laughs> Maybe that's a symptom of one of my medications. I have fruit fly memory. <laughs> you know, you just, <laughs> seriously, it's just a thing that happens when you get to 40. And I had a little glitch here, and I, we had to stop for a second. But we were just really kind of up on it, and I wanted to I wanted to thank you for doing this and see if there's anything left that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about. When I was reviewing in my mind what I think I wanted to talk about, um, you had mentioned that, asked me if I become depressed Mm -hmm. and I said no. And it's usually because the little things in my life, 
like I love wearing fun earrings and I love wearing fun socks. And like my socks right now have little um, mice and cheese on them. So I think that's kind of puts my mind in perspective to not be depressed. So you have like just little like things around you that, that help you stay kind of focused on happy stuff. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Pictures and good movies and that stuff works. like that. That's excellent. I, I, that, so that, that's a part of your process for, for living well. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. That, that, and how did you figure that out? Like, you um, ha- well, I was, <laughs> I don't know about the socks. I feel like that's always happened. But after I got my ears pierced at 10, mm-hmm. it was just fun exchanging them and being like, okay, it's Halloween. So I'm going to put a, a jack-o'-lantern in my ears and it's going to be 4th of July. So I'm going to put on red, white, and blue and stuff like that. It's just a happy memory from when you were little. Mm-hmm. And then, a, a- Well, that's my golden birthday because I was born on the 10th of the month. Your golden birthday. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Tell me what that means. <laughs> well, whatever day you were born like the number day, mm-hmm. it's your golden birthday when you turn that age. Oh, so if I'm born on the 10th when I turn 10 years old. Yes, I've bingo. Never, I've never heard that before in my life. <laughs> Did I make it up? Well, I don't know if you made it up, but I totally missed my golden birthday when I was 12. <laughs> Wish someone would have said something. Damn it. I at least had to have been worth an extra gift, and now I got nothing out of it. 12, 24, maybe I can... I already missed my 48th. I'm going to have to wait forever for the next time for it to come around. All right. I got, <laughs> I got screwed. Um, I, I, I never know why people in situations similar to yours want to do this, uh, but I'm always very grateful that they do. Uh, I think that for you, this hour and a half will be one thing. And I think for people listening, it'll be something completely different. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to share with you something that a, a listener shared with me recently. They said that um, they've learned so much about the world listening to the podcast beyond type 1 diabetes because so many different people come on and tell stories that aren't you know specifically connected to type 1 all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they thought, they said that, you know, it's just, they never thought they would learn something about, you know, I, you know, I forget what the example was back then, but they learned something completely disconnected from diabetes from the show. And I think that you sharing this will help somebody else understand how you feel. And maybe that'll, maybe that'll move people's opinions in a certain direction so that one day someone in your position won't have to worry that, you know, a person will believe that they broke themselves or, you know, did something on purpose or, you know, by being, you know, just not careful and led to something like diabetes or, or to bipolar. So mm-hmm. I, I think you did that. I think you definitely explained it to yourself. You're, you you spoke to me for the last hour and a half, and I have to tell you, and I, I, I don't know if you would believe this, but if you didn't tell me you had bipolar disorder, we could have just talked about diabetes, and I wouldn't have known. Well, that makes me feel good. I was going to say, are you aware of that? Or do you think that the minute you open your mouth, people are looking at you going, there's something wrong? Um. I don't know how to answer that. It's okay. Because it might be both. Well, okay, that's fair. But from my perspective, it's not. And I talk to a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh-huh. So uh, you you don't 
you don't make me think like, oh, I wonder what else is going on here. You, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're a person who's got some deep, dark secret that they're hiding. You seem very real and honest and, and transparent. Lovely. Yeah, you're lovely. You just seem nice. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Plus, you said you threw, you threw me off in the beginning because you said Barbara Davis, but then you said bless their heart in like the same five seconds. And I was like, <laughs> how'd she get from the South to Colorado? And then I didn't want to get, I didn't want to get sidetracked. So I didn't ask you, but, um, but no, you honestly, if you think that people are looking at you thinking something's out of your, out of line, I mean, I can't see you, but from talking to you, I have no, like if you're wearing like a tinfoil hat, then maybe, <laughs> maybe then <laughs> you're not, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> well, then I think you're okay. <laughs> um, can I ask you one last question before we stop? Yes, sir. Do you have any idea of how it feels for your daughter to have a parent who has bipolar? Like, what's her, what's, is there a change to her life because of that or not particularly? She definitely is her personality being an only child is she likes to be bossy. And when I would go through that confusion state, she would always say that she flips being a child to being an adult and to take care of me. So that's her. And she's very proud of it. She'll tell anybody. She's like, I got to take care of my mom. (laughs) She needs my help right now. Probably like being a lion tamer in those moments. (laughs) <laughs> she's got a chair and a whip, right? She's, <laughs> she's like, I'm, I'm trying to keep her from buying glasses and a big bag of Parmesan cheese. <laughs> well, she's just as bad as me when we go to the store. <laughs> well, listen, everybody loves to go shopping. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there'd be a great game show or a reality show to you where we just take you off your medicine for a minute and give you $1,000 and see what happens. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> I feel like you would just buy bulk food. <laughs> oh my God. At least promise me that the next time you lose it and go do something like that, you buy something fun. Get yourself some AirPods or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Let me let me say goodbye and thank you very much for doing this. Well, I want to thank very much for being on the podcast today and opening up about her life with type 1 diabetes, her thyroid issues, and her bipolar disorder. Not only did we hear a real, vibrant, lovely person, we have a better understanding now of bipolar. We heard it from a person who has a wonderful sense of humor and a great sense of purpose. Coming on the show to share these things cannot be easy. I really appreciate it when people do it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I won't say your name because I don't want to have to bleep myself again, but I really appreciate you doing this show. You know what else I appreciate? I appreciate Dexcom, Omnipod, and Touched by Type 1. In fact, thank you to all the sponsors of the podcast for supporting this kind of content. Find out more about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. See if you're eligible for that free 30-day trial of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And of course, the greatest things in the world seem to happen 
at touchedbytype1.org. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player, links at juiceboxpodcast.com, or you can just type those addresses into any internet browser. I'd also like to thank you for listening today, for supporting and sharing the show, and for leaving those amazing reviews wherever you listen. If you have a story that you think would be great on the Juicebox podcast, either in these After Dark series or otherwise, send me an email. I currently have some space available in the last third of 2021 for some recordings. Maybe it'll be you.